Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that local shouting, it's dangerous. Mike Petralia. It's dangerous. Mike Petralia. All right, welcome into the latest edition to hear that podcast. Growlin' Paulina Jr. of The Athletic here with you. Uh, wild card Thursday on a Friday this week. Uh, last one of the season. We've we've made it all the way through, and we're finishing with a bang, and that is with your guy, Trags, Mike Petralia from the Jungle Roar podcast, CLNS Media. What's up, Trags? The roles are reversed, Paul. Are they? Yeah, sort of. Like I have had you on many, many times, and I yeah. appreciate you having me on the final uh, weekend of the season when the games don't mean anything. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, people that have come on here have felt judged by when they've been asked. Like Joe and Jeremy were like, oh, yeah, you choose this. I think it was the Houston game where they were like, it felt like, oh, you're waiting for this one. And I was like, hey, look, it's not about, there's no judgment, okay? There's no I, judgment I, I here. This is, these are important. I would argue these moments of over the next weeks and month uh, and beyond as far as the execution of it, but the conversations right. being had in the building over the next month are some of the most important that they'll have in a long time because they've not been in this position of having to totally say, um, what went wrong here and how do you fix it and where do you go from here? So I, I think that, Trags, you and I engaging in some of this now is more important than anything that was talked about uh, over the last month with any of the rest of these yahoos that came on the show with. So this is what you're saying is a launching pad into a critical offseason for the Cincinnati Bengals, and that's why this is such an important appearance on Keep That Jungle. Uh, keep That Hear that podcast, podcast growling. growling. Hear that, Hear that roaring. Pa- podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am so some, confused. Some. I'll get my bearings, Paul. Trags. Some would call this soul searching time for the Bengals. Some. Would. Some would call that soul searching time and purpose time <laughs> yeah, for yes. the Bengals. So, uh, quickly through news, uh, no T. Higgins in practice this week hamstring i think that's expected that that he won't play zach taylor uh essentially reprimanded us for claiming that they wouldn't play to win this weekend saying i don't think you're listening to me we're playing to win do you buy this trags uh i think they're trying to win yeah i do think finishing with a winning record means something to zach taylor and the coaching staff i think long term i think the bengals would ideally like to have a the highest draft possible because trades are made at draft time just to move up two to three slots well how can you not say that the draft order isn't important in a situation like this it is but when trying to uh you're faced with the circumstance of you want to win the game if you're going out there to play the game you want to win the game and i do understand that and i do respect that but i had never heard Zach Taylor reprimand us the way he did this week when he said, I don't think everybody's listening to me. And I'm like, that sounded like a school teacher on the next to last day of school when clearly the kids have checked out. Yeah. That's kind of been that feel all week to me. 
Yo, a hundred percent. This is this is senioritis at its highest levels. Uh, the that I thought Zach Taylor sounded like somebody. You know, when the teacher does say, "I don't think you're listening to me," it's usually because the principal has told the teacher, "Make sure yeah. they're listening to you this week." That felt like ownership has told the coach, uh, "Make sure we're all in on winning this game." Okay, we're trying to sell tickets and have a good product out there. Yeah, and I and I do understand that 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 feeling in the building that finishing nine and eight is a different vibe than finishing eight and nine, and having the organization post another winning record that does matter to the Brown Blackburn family. You would agree? I would agree, and and I think as from players' perspectives, every time you step out there, money on the floor, as they say, right? Every time you yes. step out there, uh, is tape that can be used for or against you on. That note, a um, few stories up right now. Uh, the whip around is up, and the other three teams are talking about playoffs. I was not answering questions about playoffs uh, to the AFC North conversation. Check that out. We have a great story up now that uh, Zach Kiefer and Kalen Kaler worked on inside Black Monday, uh, talking to a bunch of former right. coaches that have been through it. And Marvin Lewis uh, did talk that, and I know I from behind the scenes, knowing some stuff on that story was a really cool story that's up. I have a story up right now on the secondary issue, which is, okay, is it, Trags, is it this easy to say, okay, year one to year two jump is substantial. There's there's plenty of anecdotal evidence of players that have taken big jumps. There's plenty of proof in this league of you take your lumps as a secondary player in your first season as a starter, and the second year you do typically see growth are you buying that that's enough to fix the secondary and say okay just count on growth here i'm not buying that lou anarumo is buying that is the bigger <laughs> question and yeah. I, that's kind of how i would answer that question paul is that uh and i know we talked about this on thursday in the media workroom is that uh Reading the tea leaves from Lou Anarumo, he said two things. He said, we've called that play 400 times mm -hmm. this year. The one that the 67-yarder to Rasheed Rice in which uh, Cam Taylor Britt was beaten, but he expected help from uh, Dax Hill because they were in cloud uh, coverage and expected help over the top. And secondly, uh, Dax Hill has been, uh, you know, in this situation pretty much all season long and he went the wrong way yeah those two things saying you went the wrong way and we've called this coverage 400 times indicates to me that i don't know if lou anarumo thinks that this is the best spot for Lu dax hill going forward that yeah. is the way i read that uh and you know maybe they do give him another shot next year if they don't bring anybody else in at uh free safety or what essentially for all intents and purposes is free safety since they don't use that term necessarily in the building. But if they don't bring in another safety and they don't draft somebody to come in and start, which I don't think would be the case, uh, then, you know, Dax Hill probably gets one more year in the position unless it goes horribly uh, poorly next year. Then they have to make a switch uh, midstream. But I think Dax Hill does get one more year. Yeah, no, and that and that will be a conversation that they'll have to have if they're because it's not like he's somebody without versatility that you couldn't try oh, in other spots. Right. I mean, we've heard them say down the line, they think it's possible he has the uh, athletic skill set to be even an outside corner. He has a ton of history playing slot. You still have Mike Hilton here, but are there other options that you consider with him? Uh, and 
is that where he would get bumped to if they decided to go to a more veteran free agent route? The bottom line is what you said, Trags, and that is we can talk all we want to about the year one to year two jump. This is a guy who was in the system in the background for a year and has more snaps than any first or second year member of any secondary in the NFL this year, over a thousand snaps and, and over in, in snap a thousand in about 20, he goes the wrong way on a base one play call. That's something that should give everyone pause about, okay, are we counting on it to click at some point for, for Dak? So there, there was something, there's another domino that falls behind this and that is the linebacker play. And I asked Lou earlier in the week in the same press conference, I think it was on uh, Wednesday, would you consider the linebacker, how would you evaluate the linebacker play and would some uncertainty behind the linebackers uh, you know, factor into evaluating how they've played this year, Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson? And I thought it was interesting. He said, when, when we have to look behind us and there's that, half a second to a full beat of indecision. You can't have that. And they clearly anybody who's watched the Bengals linebackers play this year, they have not nearly been as decisive hitting the gaps, uh, making their reads, closing in on tacklers, which has led to missed tackles. Uh, obviously uh, that's been the domino because I don't mm-hmm. think Logan Wilson has always trusted what's behind him uh, in the secondary. No, it's so funny. I asked Logan about that exact comment, and his point was, he said, you know, a lot of stuff that they do is predicated on checks that the safeties are making, and that has to be communicated. And he said, young guys are trying to understand what their voice is, literally and figuratively. He's like, you know, mm. they, they're trying to get their feel for, for how they run the offense, how they communicate, even such things as simple as being loud enough. When you're <laughs> When you are at a point, where you are saying like you're worried about a guy being loud enough on the field, much less the like ripple effect of 15 other things they have to be. That's so base level one when they were previously dealing on the 500 level that it's you understand why a lot of that hesitation mistakes are happening. Mike Hilton said the same thing. He spent too much of the first half of the season worrying about the other guys, and that's why he felt he wasn't playing well. And once he settled down and just kind of played his game and tried to count on them and trust them more, uh, he played better. Um, But they just – they have to get better there. The point, though, is there is a lot of history of players not making these mistakes. Like, you're this this is what young DBs do. This is what it is. The Bengals have four of them that played at least 480 snaps this year in the, as first year, first or second year players. That is dramatic. That's nothing like you have across the NFL right now. I have that list inside of that story. So to me, I buy counting on it. I just think I you need an insurance policy. I, I'm interested in some kind of a veteran either push or maybe it's a competition. And you and you put fire to Dax Hill's feet, or whatever. Um, another drafted so, draft pick, whatever it is. I'm looking for something potentially there to add into that room, rather than just oh, everyone should get better. I know the name Harrison Smith has come up, and uh, should the Bengals decide to go in that direction, because they obviously are big fans of uh, the Vikings' free safety. Um, 
if they were to go in that direction, Harrison Smith's not coming here to be a backup. Obviously, no. you're making a decision to switch out and move Dax Hill around, uh, make him some type of second cornerback, third corner, who knows, going yeah. forward. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's a that would be a fascinating uh, storyline to follow. But for now, I think um, Occam's razor, if you will, Paul, Occam's, Occam's razor. I- I don't know if I'll Occam's razor. What do, what do we mean by Occam's razor? The simplest solution or ah. the simplest explanation is the path of uh, most likely occurrence. So that's yes. what I think is going to happen is Dax staying put where he is. It would That would be a very reminiscent of the Orlando Brown signing of, okay, now what does this mean for Jonah Williams? And maybe you go through some struggles and you hope that it ends up landing in a good place. Which is another story that we, which is another conversation for another piece. But today, I wanna, I wanna make sure we touch on the big three. Um, yep. This, this could be uh, their last game together. I think there's expectation that this will be their last game together. How many of them? TBD. Uh, but you know, as far as T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd, the aptly uh, nicknamed by Dan Horde Cincinnati Three Way. Um, this is probably it. We talked to Jamar Chase a little bit yesterday uh, about that concept, you know, kind of leading off with the idea of this being the last time that three of them are together, his contract, T's contract, and a number of other things in between. And then after the game on Sunday, I spoke with Tyler Boyd a little bit about his contract and free agency situation. So here's Jamar Chase followed by Tyler Boyd. Uh, I'm gonna say a lot of memories. You know what I'm saying? A lot of memories, a lot of laughs. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Just a lot of bonding going on you know, with those guys. You know, just, you know what I'm saying? It's just something I can't explain. That's how much fun we always have it. But uh, if, if that does happen, you know what I'm saying? When I'm with the old time, you know, it just happens. You know, I can't control that. You know, they, uh, I just gotta do my job and, and lead by example. Do you think after Sunday you might talk with T and Tyler about their future? Or is that something that you you won't? They know what, the I mean, they know where I want them. I mean, it's not no if uh, you know what I'm saying. They know yeah. what they know what I want. But I mean, that's what they want. You know what I'm saying? I, I won't hold nobody back for what they want. You know what I'm saying? That's not me letting them be the greatest they could be you know, at the end of the day. So. Um, <clears throat> You know, I support anything they do. Those are my brothers. You know, I love them that, so I support them. Do you want to get a contract in this offseason? Uh, Lord knows I want to do that. I mean, but we'll see what happens. Huh? We'll see what happens. Would Justin Jefferson have to sign a contract for you to sign a contract? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what happens this uh, this season. You know what I'm saying? Just go for it. But um, I'm just enjoying what's in front of me right now. When you're going through and looking at structuring your contract and what that negotiation would be like, what's the most important thing you want in that next season? Uh, we're just probably just up front, for real. Just up front guaranteed? Probably so, yeah. Would you want guaranteed money in year two? You're going a little too far now, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Give you a little spice. Don't take all of it. <laughs> Do you have any optimism that a deal with T can get done? Do you feel like that is something that could happen? I'm sure something could happen. Um, I don't know how hard he may have to try, but I'm sure they may try to get something done. I hope they do. Uh, if not, who knows how it will be in the future. Uh, but, you know, every day, hopefully, you know, something's good happens this way. How much are you going to say? I mean, you, 
nobody knows what's next for anybody. But you either. I mean, does that make it even harder in uncertain future to know to know what's next? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to be hard. I don't, I don't think it's a hard thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, this is my first free uh, free agency, so I mean, I don't know what to expect. And uh, I mean, if if the chips fall back here, then that's what it's going to be. If not, I mean, that's just something I'm trying to worry about after I uh, yeah. finish getting done playing with the guys. Is that, I was going to say, that's uh, something that you'd want, I assume, you know, to, yeah, to, complete, to complete your time here. I mean, of course, you know, it's the only team, it's the only franchise I ever played for. You know, this is the franchise who gave me my first opportunity to uh, play in the National Football League. So, of course, you know, I'm going to always um, feel like I can be here, you know, mm-hmm. depending on situations, but yeah. it's a business. Who knows, right? Yeah, it's a business. Yeah. First of all, Trags. Love talking to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase wins the Media Cooperation Award this year. Deservedly so. For things similar to what you just heard. Very open, uh, very willing to engage with all of us. Always there. And obviously his superstar status has made him very much in demand. And he's never been one to back down from that. Did anything he said yesterday change your mind about how you previously felt about the Bengals' potential path forward here? No. I think uh, clearly, and I'm writing this for CLNSCincy.com, Jamar Chase has always been the number one receiver in the receiver room. T. Higgins is the 1A, and they're going to do what they – the priority is bringing back Jamar. And I think uh, Jamar indicated as much that he certainly would love to have T. Higgins back um, as a you know tandem uh, duo uh, teammate, but I don't – think that he senses that that's possible right now because T is going to want to go out and get the money that he deserves. Uh, And certainly I think Jamar would never stand in the way of that. Um, But I just got the sense from Jamar. He realizes business is business and the Bengals will figure it out. He's got to take care of his own uh, family as it were. And I don't think Jamar, I think Jamar is prepared for the breakup. That's what I think. Yeah, no, he sounded like that. I, I There was almost a twinge of him getting emotional when he was talking through it at one point. Um, and, and and now, I always appreciate Jamar, who who had one of maybe my, one of my new favorite Jamar lines, which is, I gave you a little spice, you don't go taking all oh, of it, to yes. Ben, which I, I yeah. really enjoy. That was just very well played. Uh, but that said, he did give us a little spice. He's like, hey, look, I... I, I want guaranteed money up front. He wants his. And look, look, Joe Burrow didn't take any cuts. Okay. Joe Burrow, for all the talk, you know, of, of maybe he'll beat Brady, right? Maybe he'll take far less. Look, Joe Burrow getting $219 million guaranteed. He broke a bunch of records. He did uh, to say he'll stay through 2029. But I think that sets the precedent of you got to go get yours. And everybody, I think, recognizes that. The Do you know this? Um how many snaps that a fully healthy Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins played together this year? Do you know the answer to this? I'm going to guess – this is going to be a, a ridiculous answer, but I'm going to guess it's south of 50. I'm going to say 45. No, it's 121. Okay. Which is that's still low incredibly number. low. It's incredibly low uh, when you consider in twenty. 20- but you said fully healthy, correct? Fully healthy. So I'm counting week five. Burrow on. You're right. Okay, I just want to make sure you're games. not including the first four. 
four weeks. It's it's three games. Three games. It's it's Buffalo, San Francisco, and Seattle were the only time that you had them out there on the field together in in that 121 snap uh bucket um right. their their metrics by every account would have been the best in the NFL that's uh, that pretty remarkable would be number yes. 1 in the league against the league the year long stats granted obviously small sample size but that's still who they are right like that's what they got 121 snaps well of compared to 674 in 2022 and 872 in 2021 that is who they are and they were better than they'd ever been it just was for such a small piece of time we never got to see it and to me there's an argument there there's an argument there for is t higgins worth a franchise tag of a, of 21 million dollars for one year i think he is for the record yeah, I mean that's and there are you, people who say that you cannot spend that kind of money on a second receiver when you have so many other holes to fill. And I think that it'll be interesting to watch this, Paul, because I think the Bengals have spent money and prioritized the most important positions on the team throughout their history, and then let you know the depth of the team suffer. And other organizations don't view it that way. They feel like you get through a successful NFL season with quality and numbers. And uh, you, if somebody wants too much and it ruins our ability to have depth, then so be it. And that's going to be the decision. You wonder, are we going to, you know, cause it, 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 they have so many holes to fill. I mean, you're talking about, yeah. you're talking about, we can talk about the big three. How about the big six? Reader, Jonah Williams, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Chitabea Wuzie, potentially Joe Mixon, who could be a cap casualty. You're talking about four captains. And I talked about this with Mo on Tuesday and wrote about it this week. It's not that there's turnover happening. It's that core members of this entire franchise are turning over. And I don't know how many of those will be back. And but some of them pro- you know, some of them probably should. But how many of them will? How many of them can they afford? It's 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 a it's a a, a, a crazy question to to see as they as they go forward. And I I don't know if you were picking one, also, who would it be? Yeah. If you had to pick one today, if you had to place a bet down of who of that six will be on the Bengals roster, most likely to be on the Bengals roster opening day next year, who of that six would you choose? Jonah Williams. Yeah, uh, because I think the offensive line actually played quite well and I don't have the metrics right now in front of me um, to support the case but just by the eyeball test I think Jonah Williams shifting over to right tackle has worked out about as well as the Bengals could possibly have hoped and he's still relatively young and you need an offensive line uh, that Joe Burrow trusts and I think he trusted that offensive line and so uh, my my answer to that would be Jonah Williams uh, but I don't know if the history between the two sides uh, factors in. Obviously, there was some bad blood and some hurt feelings last year that Jonah even acknowledged in, when was that, OTAs or mm-hmm. uh, in spring practice, and uh, there was no communication. Can can Jonah Williams' side get past that, and can they work out a deal? Because I think um, if if I were choosing, that'd probably be the way I'd, I'd lean. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's anything we've learned from this year it's protect the quarterback protect the franchise keep that guy healthy uh across the league not just in cincinnati um and 
And you wonder, is is Williams, Higgins, the new Sewell Chase, right? Like, is it on a lesser level in a different way? Do you feel like, okay, or can you you find a medium answer at um, right tackle better than you can find a next level answer at receiver? And what does that mean? Well, and I also think Jonah Williams is not going to cost you as much uh, as T Higgins will. And, and I I just think that is kind of the way they might be leaning. Uh, And there, I think there are other ways to fill T Higgins's spot than there are um, Jonah Williams. But as I say that T Higgins is already established in the system, knows the system has a relationship with Burrow and Jamar chase. Uh, So it's a, it's a fascinating conversation to have, but the other issue with T Higgins and you have to bring it up, Paul is his health and his ability to stay on the field. It's, it's got to factor into that. Yeah. There's so much nuance here. It's like, I yep. feel like this is one of those that, that you could go into for days and uh, many column inches and we will, because we have all off season. Yes, we have we plenty will. of content and time to fill extra uh, month. Yeah. <laughs> we have plenty of time. I mean, this time last year, I mean, the thought of, uh, you know, writing about the off season was about as far out of any of our heads as it could. Cause you, you knew what you were, uh, you were writing about and that was a super bowl run, uh, what they hoped to be a super bowl run. And it ended up going and ending in the same place that this year did just uh, a month earlier. Uh, before we wrap it, Bengals growler bet is a uh, uh, time is here. Of course, uh, after last week, I don't even know what to expect where I've, we've got James Rapines making videos, Jeremy Rouse singing songs. I don't know what's going on anymore. It's my wife pointed out, like, it feels like we're close to seeing one of these Cincinnati, like C-list celebrity montage videos that have happened in the past. Like, and so I'm I'm just prepared for all of it. I don't know what y'all are going to do, but Trags is here. He's going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to give our answers first. Here's my Bengals growler bet for this weekend. Of course, P. Daner at The Athletic with Growler on the subject header or hashtag Bengals Growler Bet on Twitter for your submission. My number this week is going to be, let's go rookie yards from scrimmage on Sunday. Yards from scrimmage by the rookies for the Bengals. So Andre Yoshivash, Chase Brown, Charlie Jones, you know the collection of characters. Um, What would be your number for this weekend? Rookie yards from scrimmage. Will we see more? 75 times three is what? 225? That's correct. That's a lot. Good, yeah, good quick math on your on your part. That's a lot. So I'm going to go 50 yards less than that. I'm going to go 175. 175. And I think that's an optimistic view. I don't know how much Charlie Jones we're going to see because we haven't seen much. I think you – I mean, if, if I – we're coaching the team. I'd like to see a little bit more Charlie Jones, at least for one game, just a little bit of what it looks like. I'd certainly like to see more of Chase Brown, uh, but um, I've said that for a long time now. So, and we haven't. So, who knows? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say 99 will be will be my number that they they don't quite go all the way into the play in the kids fest that I think a lot of people would like to see, but submit your answers and Lord knows whatever else. Uh, P Daner at the athletic and uh, hashtag Bengals growler bet on Twitter. Uh, one, I, I, for Arby's this week, I want to ask you Trags. I have yep. so much enjoyed the Ted Karras uh, since he had 
and now the Walter Payton Man of the Year charity challenge thing. And the fact that he's up to like 60 people willing to get tattoos now yes. is, is good, jo- a, good job of asking him on Thursday, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just I, I mean, I can't wait to see this. And he's and so it's pointed out he's he's not here to like fill your tattoo needs. Like he'll pay for basically whatever version of the Cincy hat logo is a part of it, a one inch by one inch. But uh, no, no snakes. He's not like he's not paying for you to get a snake, even if it has a Cincy hat on it. Maybe just the Cincy hat part. Um, but he was hinting also at big things popping in the future, which yes. I'm interested in that there, there's some somehow even bigger things. I'm not sure how it could get bigger than what we've seen from Cincy hat right now. Have you ever seen a community like just put their arms around something like they have with Ted Karras and, and Cincy hat and all of, and, and the village of Marici. I've just, I, I've not quite seen anything quite like it before. Two things on Cincy Hat. First of all, it's led by a genuine, uh, terrific team leader of the Bengals in Ted Care, a t- terrific sports figure in Cincinnati. And he's genuine and it's heartfelt. And he has he brings tons and tons of charisma. We I, I think sometimes we take it for granted when we walk in that locker room and how approachable he is all the time. Well, he projects that to the community and he's always saying how grateful he is to the fans and the fans eat that up and and they should. You know, you have an athlete who loves being where he is. Secondly, the fact that the Cincy Hat people and the village of Marichi have uh, branded this and marketed this perfectly. Uh, that's the other reason I think it's taken off. And that's why you've seen the phenomenon, Paul, that I think you have with people just embracing this, you know, day after day, week after week, they, they always have new product coming out. And you know, Paul, that in marketing, you have to keep it fresh. Yeah. If you keep the product fresh, uh, people are going to say, oh, wow, what's they're going to come to expect something new all the time. And the village of Marici and the Cincy Hat people have done a great job of doing it. That's why I think it succeeded. Well, and now everybody wants in. You get the they got the like skyline colors and the skyline Cincy yep. hat and like and it's just and you've had the Reds one and the FC Cincinnati. It's just there's so many different options for something that's so basic to keep it fresh. I I am I am fascinated to see what's next. But if you haven't tried to uh you know put your hashtags in there and vote, uh, which you definitely have. He's in first place, and it's un, it's all I ever see. I feel like on my feed anymore is is Ted Karras votes, but um thirty five thousand thousand dollars to village of marici if he ends up holding on to this first place thing uh, by the way of course the weekend kudos to joe burrow for joining in and allowing him letting ted karras ted karras who said he had to go up to burrow and say hey man can can you can you tweet for me bro like he's like it's kind of a weird ask it's kind of weird ask to go up to anybody and be like hey can can you tweet tweet for me does anything make him more self-aware than his acknowledgement of, yeah, it's a weird ask. I, yeah. I get that. <laughs> I, that's what you got. You do have to love about Ted. Yes. Garris. And he said, he's incredibly he, self-aware. Incredibly. And, and it's a Burroughs said, all right, but you have, you craft it. You have to put it in there. I hit send and it needs to be documented that, that you did all this, that this is happening. And so uh, I, I, I appreciated all of that in Burrow Burrow dropping in with his like, second tweet in a month one about aliens and one about ted karras you know it's like you just never quite know uh what you're gonna no. get uh before we go prediction uh do you have a do you prediction for uh sunday's game tracks 
Yeah, I think the Bengals win this. I think it means more to them than it does the Browns. Um, I think the Bengals are going to exact a measure of revenge on Jeff Driscoll. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's going to be uh, 31-14 Bengals. Yeah. Um, if one team doesn't care and another team kind of doesn't care, I'm going with the team that kind of doesn't care. You know, I mean, because there's still – now the Browns will have people that are the guys that are in there are going to be again right. money on the floor right guys are going to be out there playing they're they may be their backups or not I don't know but you're you're going to have Bengals players out there playing I, I'm not going to buy the Jeff Driscoll hype I am fortunate enough to have seen weeks where a team had to believe Jeff Driscoll could lead them to a win I've covered them and uh, I know how they typically end up. Uh, and they typically end up in losses. I think the Bengals uh, do win too. I have 27. I do think I'll make this bold prediction. Yeah. It may not be by a lot, but there will be more people in the stands for this Jeff Driscoll game than there was the only Jeff Driscoll victory in his career, which was, you remember it? It was the last game of the 18th season, wasn't it? Last home game in the Marvin Lewis era against the John Gruden Oakland Raiders. Oh, what a game it was. What a game it was. I have to check the butts in the seats number on that one. It was yes. uh, not high. Uh, Trags, I appreciate your time. As always, always great to make sure people are listening to Jungle Roar podcast and reading uh, everything Trags has up, which has a great story on uh, on Trey Hendrickson up right now, which the two pro bowlers, Chase and Trey Hendrickson, I think we might have to discuss team MVP at some point yes. here vote, which I think is more interesting than, than it's maybe been in a long time. Usually it's pretty easy. We might have a hard one on our hands with Trey Hendrickson uh, this weekend entering into the conversation. Trags, appreciate it. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.